Welcome to This Is Your Book Club Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Yay, we're back. It's been so long. It's been a long time. For I me. have my voice now. Yay. It's you and me. Together. Let's talk <laughs> books. Boy, have I missed I talking know. books. Uh, I'm so very excited. Me too. I, I've needed book club. Yes, me too. It's been nice. Um, it's thank nice. you to Scott for filling in. Tell yes. him thank you so much. I sure will. Appreciate um, that Scott. That was really nice of him to. So fun that you wrote a scary story. Yeah, wasn't that if funny? If you haven't listened, go check it out. It's kind of cool. Right. It check. was a decent story. It was, yeah. It took all the things. I was impressed. And put it into a story. Like, I. Way to go, AI. I love it. Yeah. It can help you write a scary story. I thought it was fun. It was really fun to have him here. But I'm glad you're back because now we can talk books. Yes. Scott can talk AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can talk books. That's what I need right and now. And that's what we're here for. So Very good. We are here for that purpose. It's a what's on your shelf today. Am I correct? That's right. So excited. I got things to talk about. Me too. Can't wait. Let's do it. First, though. Yes. We need to... Talk about our author for our book for the month of November. That's right. Fun fact. Fun fact. So our book for the month of November is called The Book of Charlie, and it is written by David Vondrelli. I even know that that's correctly how to pronounce his name this time. That's very I usually guess. fancy name. I went the extra mile and looked it up this time. <laughs> Such good. a professional podcast. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. We're not journalists here. We're talking books. Sometimes I don't know how to say their names. We try our best. Every time I try my best, but I yes. do go a little further this time. Um, David Vondrelli is an editor and columnist for the Washington Post, where he writes about national affairs and politics from a home base in the Midwest. He joined the Washington Post in 2017 after a decade at Time, wow. where he wrote more than 60 cover stories as editor-at-large. He wow. is right. That's impressive. He is the author of a number of books, including the award-winning best-selling Triangle, The Fire That Changed America, which I actually really want to read that one. I've heard mm -hmm. a lot about it. And it's about um a fire in a factory. It's a t-shirt factory. And it it really started like all the rules on workplace safety and Ooh. all of that and how it treated its employees and what they did after the fire, how they treated them. Ooh, I've heard the story before. It's fascinating, but I, I want to read more detail. Anyway, so that's cool. one of his books and the book of Charlie. He lives in Kansas City with his wife, journalist Karen Ball, and they have four children. Wow. That's his bio from Simon & Schuster, um, which is a slightly longer than his Wikipedia bio. There you go. Um, but he, yeah, I'm, I'm He's excited. He's not a self-centered man. No. He is not egocentric. He's a journalist. He gets to the point. He writes the story. We don't need to know about him. I actually want to know more about him because I, I like, I'm fascinated by people in general. Yes. And, um, and how they came to write a book. And how they came to write a book. So, yeah. I will look more into him over the next couple of weeks I love it. as we get ready to read his book. I'm excited. Which I'm excited about 
as I well. I am too. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think so too. So now we can talk books. Well, let's take a break. Perfect. And now we can talk books. We're back. I'm so excited. Here we go. Um, so many to talk about. So much on my shelf. Where will I, you begin? Where Where will I begin? Am I beginning? Go for or it. Are you beginning? Either way, Jamie, what's on your shelf? Okay, my shelf this week. It's gotten long again because when you leave me for two weeks, read. I have nothing else to do but read. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lucky duck. I did have a good little spurt there. I'm back on the dry. Like I started two books in the last couple days and got an hour into each of them and was like, nah. Nah. I hate when that so happens. I get in like, these I little so much. like funks. Yeah. But last week I went through a ton of books. So I'm going to talk to you today about the neuroscientist who lost her mind. Whoa. My tale of madness and recovery. Wow. This was so fascinating. And I love reading stories like this, like little memoir of people who suffer these maladies that make no sense or that you shouldn't come back from and you come back from it. Mm -hmm. So she is a neuroscientist. This is what she does. She knows the brain. She knows mental illness. And um, she has had a couple battles with cancer. And it metastasized to her brain. Oh, wow. And so she has brain cancer. And the reason... She's had melanoma and I believe breast cancer. Oh my gosh. And recovered both of those and was kind of in the clear for quite a few years. And then out of the blue one day, she can't see the bottom left hand part of her vision. Oh, weird. And she immediately, because she's a neuroscientist, she knows there is pressure in this certain part of your brain. She knows her chances of reoccurring cancer and she knows the type of cancer she has can metastasize in these certain places but she refuses to accept that and so she's thinking all these other things like i'll go to the eye doctor this is an eye problem it wasn't an eye problem she's still she's putting on like she's the keynote speaker at a neuroscience convention the next day and she's like i'm leaving tomorrow i can't stop and take care of this yeah and but she she does. She goes and has it looks at, and it it ends up being um, metast- meta- metastatic melanoma Ooh. in her brain. And so she experiences over the next period of time, um, it the way it affects her mostly is this mental illness. Like she becomes somebody she doesn't know. Her family doesn't know her. She gets super, super frustrated very easily and yells at people and demands things be a certain way. And she's never been like that before. Mm. She's always been um, very into working out. She runs miles a day. She does triathlon. She does Ironman. She's training for all these different things. And she doesn't go a day without running or some kind of physical exercise. It's kind of like their family's thing. And so she is insistent that she exercises through this whole illness. And she'll go out running thinking she's totally okay and then have no idea where she's at and can't find her way back home or can't think of how to use her phone to call someone for help. Like she just completely loses function to think. And yet she's a neuroscientist and she knows how the brain works. And so she had like 
I won't give all, I'll let you read it all and, and, and find out what happens and not. And anyway, she ends up, you know, really, it opens her eyes to mental illness, even though she knows a lot about mental illness. But now she's experienced this for herself and has an even greater understanding and wants to like delve into this research of helping people and writing about her experience. That's amazing. is fascinating. I got through it so fast. I could not put it down. Wow. I gave it four stars. I really enjoyed it. So the neuroscientist who lost her mind, and this came out in 2018, so it's been out for a while, but um, I I recommend it if you're into this kind of stuff. That's amazing. It was really fascinating. It sounds like a very if you ever cool read story. Brain on Fire, which I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever talked about that one here because I read it so long ago, but this reminded me of that yeah. a little bit and uh, both fascinating books. So, wow. I That's highly amazing. recommend it. The Neuroscientist Who Lost Her Mind. I don't think I said who it was by, by Barbara K. Lipska, L I P S K A. Awesome. Yeah. There you go. First so one down. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Got it. Got it on my list. All right. The first one I'm going to talk about today is Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage Murders, if I'm saying that properly, and the Mm -hmm. birth of the FBI. Um, This one has also been out for a while, 2017. I'm, I'm read it because it's Sharon McMahon, Sharon says so, book club pick. So that's where this has entered my vision. Right. I didn't. Yes. I think you've read it. You read it a while ago. I read ago. it a couple of years ago, I think. And maybe even after we started, maybe it, talked about it on the podcast. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years for sure. And I can't exactly remember if I did or not. But uh, this is this is one of my favorite topic type books. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted really to mention it. I'm, I yeah. knew that you'd read it. I feel like it's worth talking about again in case there's we got new listeners or whatnot. But this is the story of I mean, just the first if you you know, go on Goodreads, listen to this first opening, a twisting, haunting, true life murder mystery about one of the most monstrous crimes in American history. Like, and that's, yep. Like you kind of sit there and go, nah, uh, right. No way. No. no way. People are that evil. And that's what I felt like. Believable. Like, so like greedy. Uh huh. And I couldn't even, Demeaning I just could to not. a whole group of people. Like, when we say genocide, like, yep, this is genocide right here in America. Yeah. So this is the story of, okay, the richest, they say, like, the richest people per capita in 1920 were the Osage Indians mm-hmm. and those people because their land that was given to them by the United States government mm-hmm. said, we've taken all your other land. You can have this land. And only Tur- this land. Yes. Turns out to be very rich in oil. Mm-hmm. And so people had to pay them to dig for oil and they had a lot of money. They but became very, very wealthy. They were deemed unable to manage that wealth. They were yes. not smart enough to manage that wealth. So they had to be given like an executor of their finances who was a white man. A white man. Who then had had to approve any expenditure that they wanted to make. And they never would. No. They wouldn't even let them go to the doctor. They wouldn't let them have anything. And they would, their fees were egregious. Egregious. And that's the only way to get all of their money from them was, oh, people start missing. 
Yes. So then all of a sudden these Osage people are dying. They're dying for no reason at all. Right. And they're dying at young ages. And one death wasn't peculiar. It was clear that she was dead. You know, she was murdered. Mm -hmm. There was, she was shot, but they can't find a bullet. It was very much glossed over. There's people who are like realizing that something's going on here, which is where we have the birth of the FBI. And they were sent in to maybe look a little bit closer. And what they thought they had discovered was awful. Mm -hmm. And then the author of this book, because this is all real. Oh, absolutely. Right. David Gran is the author of this book finds and is able to uncover even more awful, awful things that were done besides what they already knew. Right. It was mind-blowing to me. And, you know, I this is one of those topics where we grew up kind of being taught in elementary school about the Indians and the pilgrims. Yeah. And it was this glossy, they got together for a meal and everything was good. And then you hear like, ooh, we didn't treat them very well, really, but blah, blah, blah. Let's not focus on that. But let's not focus on it. And so, yes, I grew up knowing we, that there was historically we did not treat them well. Yes, yes. But not to the level. It's it's horrific, we really actually. Like, don't it's, ta- it's so, so awful. Unbelievable. And, like, I just don't know how these people could live with themselves. Like, right. I don't know how you could even, like... And and the one point that he made that I that really stuck to me was um, when they were on trial and whatnot, and they were asking them about these awful things that they did. He couldn't name them by name. He'd say, well, these you know, the Indians, because it was right. like they weren't actually human. They weren't it was like saying, well, the dogs or, Ugh. you know, the animals. They weren't actually humans because he, he probably couldn't justify you what he was doing to other humans. Exactly. But to an animal, you, you, you could, I can't even justify I it for an animal. I can't even justify it for that either. But it's I hear just so yes. hard to even understand. Yeah. Anyway, it was very good. I gave it four stars. It was really eye-opening, mind-blowing, and disgusting sad and disgusting and i think you need to know it like i think it's important to know right but it wasn't enough that i was like oh this is really hard to read i was glad to read it Mm -hmm. even though it was super awful to know that this happened Mm -hmm. yeah anyway i I, I definitely highly recommend it it's called killers of the flower moon by david gran and i'm sure you've seen that there's a movie out yes we've got leonardo dicaprio that just came out in this movie i haven't seen the movie now i I want to see the movie I have not seen it either. I've heard it's very good. Right. And I really do want to go see it. I do too. So maybe anyway, we need good. a field trip. Let's do it. I'm in. Because I think it's, yeah. Anyway, Killers of the Flower Moon. Great recommendation there. Okay. My next one is called She Started It by Cian Gilbert. Cyan. Cyan Gilbert. This just came out in June the I put it on my list because if I love it when they say if you're fans of this author and uh, this author, you're gonna love it. For fans of Lucy Folly and Leanne Moriarty, she started it as a hot, mm. twisty summer debut thriller about a group of young women whose Caribbean bachelorette party takes a sinister twist. Mm. So we've got a group of friends, and one of them is getting married, and she she hasn't actually talked to the other group of friends since college, high schoolish. It's been a really long time. So they're kind of shocked to have heard from her, but she's yes. getting married and she's having a bachelorette party at this great beach, this Caribbean beach 
an island that's pretty much to themselves. And it's all expense paid for these ladies to come. Nice. And so they all, and they've stayed in contact and are all friends um, here and there. They loosely know of, mostly know of what's going on in each other's lives, but they all accept and they go there. And as they get there, they're kind of telling the story of their friendship growing up together um, through elementary and junior high and high school. And this bride was actually treated awful by these girls. Mm. Very, very awful. And so these stories are coming up and the girls are like, can't we just let that go? Can't we? But all these things start happening on the island. And yeah, she she was an art of like a really um, great artist in high school. And it was, she would got this scholarship into this famous art school and she was just going to do that was going to be she was going to be really well known for her art and mm -hmm. there's all of her art is hung throughout this place they're staying on the mm -hmm. island so and her art is kind of morbid and creepy so there's a creepy feel to them being there and they just really start questioning like why after all this time did she reach out why is she paying for this trip things start happening and they're trying to, it kind of reminded me of, and then there were none. The sinister twist was people keep disappearing or going down and they don't know who's doing it or who's involved or what's going on. And oh. you have to, you know, obviously stick with it to find out what the real story is. You might think it might be this person, but, it could, you know, who done it? Ooh. I gave it three stars and I'll say this about it. It was good. But if you're going to write a book about girls that go to an island <laughs> and something sinister happens, mm -hmm. it needs to stand out from all the other books about women that go to islands and something sinister happens. Right. I didn't feel like, and maybe if you don't read a lot, this will be really good. But I've read a lot of books in the last couple of years of things that happen on islands. Yeah. And, you know, like the guest party or the guest list. And I could list a yes. couple of them recently that have come out and it felt a little piggybacky. Yeah. Like I need something else. I need, you need a Make really good different. standout, a little yeah. different somewhere else. And this one wasn't quite there. Although it was good. I enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. Awesome. She started it. Awesome. Okay. Um, before I talk about the next book, I do want to say, I read Hello Beautiful, which I know you recently talked about. So I'm I not going to go yes. into great detail about yes. what it's about. But I will say that was a great recommendation. I loved it so Yay. I'm much. so glad you loved it. I gave it five stars. Ooh. I just loved it. Like I just felt like these were real people who lived real lives. And I want they were my neighbors or my friend and I wanted to hug them and Right. I just, family dynamics was tr is so tricky and hard. And sometimes we make choices that hurt people. Anyway, I just loved it. I'm so glad. I really liked that one too. I yeah. think that's. Well job. Or well job. Well done, Anna. What's her name? Palatano. Palatano. Yes. Napolitano. Napolitano. And, Napal and Napolitano. There yep. you go. Okay. Yes. Just a yes. little blip there. But Fantastic. the book I'm I'm going to talk a little bit more about is Killing November by Adriana Mather. Now, Adriana Mather also 
authored How to Hang a Witch, which was my quiz book. Yes. When we took like the haunted quiz book. Yeah. Or haunted book quiz. Yes. In October. In October. Or and in so, prep for October. Yes. After I like enjoyed How to Hang a Witch, I saw that she had these other books. And since it was still Halloween, I was like, Ooh, I want to read yeah. another creepy one. Um, And so I chose, and it was available, Killing November. And this was a really fun book. This is the story of a girl named November. And she is having her family. There's some chaos happening at home in her family. And her dad says, you know, to keep her safe for a little bit, he's got to go help an aunt. She's going to go away to this school for a couple of weeks while he figures things out. So the next, so she gets on a plane. The next thing she knows, she wakes up and she is in the school. So she doesn't remember the flight. She doesn't remember how she got from the airport to the school, but she's in the school. Mm. And this isn't just any other school. There's a lot of weird things happening there. Nobody really explains what the school is. And they kind of laugh at her when she says she's only going to be there for a short time. It's like, yeah, right. And she starts to learn that there's, um, this isn't your average school. They're not learning um, English and math. They're learning, you know, knife throwing, the art of deception, Ooh. you know, all these other kinds of skills that don't seem like regular high school skills. Yeah. And um, there's definitely some nefarious things happening at this school, and she's just navigating her way. She's not sure what's happening at home. She's starting to realize that maybe she didn't know all of the truths that were happening in her family. Mm-hmm. And she does, she for sure doesn't know things that are happening at the school, but she's decided she's got to figure it out. And it's how she navigates this new school, um, how she learns a little bit about her family and what that means for her. And it was really good. It's a young adult fiction. Mm-hmm. It was super fun, very creative. It's It was different than a lot of things I've read before. I really enjoyed it. The characters were good. I am liking Adriana Mather. That's awesome. She's just a new fun Somebody author. Somebody new that I hadn't heard about before. Me either. And I gave it four stars. Wow. Yeah, it was really fun. How many stars did you give How to Hang a Witch? Let's look. I think I gave it four. I gave it four, four stars. Four stars too. So she's... I mean, this is like really young adult fiction. Okay. It's young adult fiction. It's clean. Okay. It's creative. Like, I was very interested. It's really well done. I'm interested in these characters. It felt very realistic. And also, it's not, it's realistic in that they feel like teenagers. Right. They fall. But they're obviously doing very unrealistic things. Right. Fine. Right. It was good. She does a great job. Anyway, another winner from Adriana Mather. Fantastic. Um, I as well just want to do a blurb on a book that I just recently read that you read within the last year, How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water. Oh, I loved that one. What by did you think? Angie Cruz. I loved it as well. I thought it was so different. So just to kind of refresh your memory, it's about a woman. She is an immigrant to the country. She's working hard in a factory, raising her family. And in her mid fifties, she loses her job at the factory. And so she's in this like seniors work program and she meets with a counselor. Like a job counselor. Like a job counselor. Career counselor. Yeah. To go over like what your skills are, fill out a bunch of questionnaires 
and they try to match you up with a job. It's a one-sided conversation. It's just her, what she's telling the career counselor. And it cracked me up. Yeah, It hit me in the heart, like how hard and difficult as an immigrant, not it, be, it not being your first language, trying to interpret forms and filling them out. Like it would ask her a question that I can't even think of one right now on the top of my head, but it would ask a question where you would just be like, Mark, one or the other. And she's like, writing out this paragraph about it. She just doesn't get it because English isn't her first language. She doesn't understand this form. And she's going off on something completely random. But she goes off on random things all the time with this counselor. And it's just all what she's telling the counselor. But you can kind of tell by what she's saying, what the counselor is saying to her. I thought it was so creative and well done. I really enjoyed it. I gave it um, four stars. I love that. I, I loved, loved it. it too. I loved it. Um, How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. Um, but the last one I'm going to talk about today is The Hunting Party Ooh. by Lucy Folly. I love Lucy Folly. She writes a good whodunit. Yeah. And this one came out. This one is an older one in 2019. Yes. I feel like I've been wanting to read it for a long time. I never did. And it's good. It's good. It's not my favorite one of hers, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I listened to it quickly. Um, Again, it says in here, like in the description, um, for fans of Ruth Ware and Tana French, which I don't know, Tana, Tana French, I don't know who that is, a shivery, atmospheric, page-turning novel of psychological suspense in the tradition of Agatha Christie. Whoa. Yes, thank you. I'll take it. So <laughs> this is a group of friends um, that were friends, I want to say in college, maybe they met in college. And it's, and they're grown up now, but they take this yearly trip for um, New Year's Eve. And they take turns planning it. And some of them are married. Um, there's one that's single and not married. One has a baby that bring they bring with them, which totally kind of changes this dynamic. And the person who planned it this time, they're in like a lodge of some sort, but it's so remote in England that they're commenting like, I didn't know there were any parts of England that were so remote. It's just like such in the middle of nowhere. There's a train station um, that goes close by the town. But it's even random that there's a train station there because there's nothing else there. Like, why would you get on or off the train? The only thing now is this lodge. And the lodge has been there for a while, but the train station has been there even longer. So it's just kind of weird. It takes hours to get to the lodge. And if it is to snow or they have um, any kind of weather, they just they're stuck there until the weather passes. They would have to helicopter in help if help oh, wow. was needed. Like it is the remotest of remote <laughs> locations. Okay. So they all get together here for this, you know, couple days together to celebrate New Year's Eve and to catch up. And um, of course, there's a storm. And that storm traps them there. And what happens while well, they're trapped in a storm? Um, there is a caretaker on the property and then the host 
of the lodge who checks them in and makes sure they have everything they need. So you, they've got this party. There's two other guests that are staying in another part that they don't know, not part of their party, um, are there. And then this caretaker and the host and things start happening and they start finding out more about the history of this place and the mystery needs mm. to be untangled. Mm. I enjoyed it. Like I said, not my favorite of hers, but it was good. And um, I I haven't read a book from Lucy Folly that I don't like. I gave it sure. three stars. Sure. Um, this one, The Hunting Party. Awesome. Gets three stars from me. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last one I'm going to talk about, I know you've also read Okay. But I feel like it's worth like let's talk about. It. Let's do it. And you it's been a year or so since you've read it. Um it's called The One by John Mars. Now. Okay, you'll have to remind me cuz okay. I know I have read it but I don't recall. This book is about a scientist who has discovered a link in our DNA. Okay. That connects us to our soulmate. Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe this book now has like a Netflix series. Oh, does it? That you can watch. Although I've not watched it. I haven't. Yeah. I would be interested now that I've read the book to watch to this watch series. Watch it and see. Okay. So the idea is, uh, as a reminder, or if you didn't hear the last time Jamie talked about it, um, is that this scientist has created a test where you can like swab your mouth or whatever, send in your DNA, mm -hmm. and they put it into their database, and you wait until someone who is your, your the one, one, the one match, to send in their DNA, okay, and yep. then they will match you. And so it's kind of like, okay, now if that happens, like let's say, you know, my DNA match sends in their stuff, and I'm matched, I would get an email saying like, you've been matched, and then if I wanted their personal information, I would pay money to re to receive their personal information so that I can like be in contact with them. Okay. Now, since this, the inception of this new discovery, mm -hmm. um, it for sure is a business, right? It's yep, a business. Yep. It's a service. They're making money. Um, they talk a lot about um, families that have been torn apart, divorces, um, lots of hurt because They've re they realize they these married couples are sending mm -hmm. in their DNA, hoping that they'll match with each other, and then right. they're not. And then they're not, and so they're leaving each other. And one spouse will be matched, and one spouse is not matched. Or they right? lie and say, you know, I haven't done it, but I really have, and they find out like there's just it just wrecks these people's yeah. lives. Um, and you are following a number of different people who are experience, you know, having experiences related to these matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One is the creator, the scientist who discovered it. Uh -huh. um, there's, you know, a man who's engaged. There's oh, just a girl who's just single looking for her match. There's anyway, there's all these people. In different ways it affects different people mm -hmm. and they're different. And you just kind of watch how this knowledge mm -hmm. um, affects their choices. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating to me. It's fictional. Right. Obviously. Right. But it was like watching them like psychologically debate what the moral rightness is. Yes. It reminded me of the measure. If okay. you remember, did you I've ever not read, read the, read measure? the measure? The measure, it's kind of a similar thing, but not DNA. It was um, 
the you got a everyone got a string in the mail yes. on the same date, and the length of the string was how long you were going to live. Right. And so it it kind of went through different people and how that affected them. So it yes. reminds me a yes, lot of the it would same be the thing. Same, like, how do you live your life? Yeah, exactly. How does this affect you? What would you do? How would you want it? Like, things I would have never thought about before with it. Yes. It was, it was so fascinating. And it made me sit and think like, well, if you're take, because you kind of take choice out of love. Right. Right. And it's like, well, it's no longer a choice because I'm just I'm genetically connected to you. Mm -hmm. And I anyway, I pondered so much while listening to this book. Like, what does it mean to choose a partner? What does it mean to live your life with another person? What is what is the value there? What creates value? Right. Is it just a link? Is it? The effort that I'm putting in? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, if does being with your soulmate mean your relationship is easier? I don't know. Or you end up getting divorced because it's so easy. You don't ever put any work into it and build it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It brought up a lot of questions. So many things. And I loved it. I love that it made me think. I love these characters. I felt like it was super believable mm-hmm. it was very much like i didn't know what they were gonna do and what i thought i would do anyway it was super fun i really enjoyed it i gave it four stars it's called the one by john mars awesome i loved that one yeah I'm glad you talked about it again because yeah. it was fun for me to remember reading it yes like it just was one of those that, like i just thought so much about and it made me ask so many questions yeah and i don't necessarily have any answers right but i just thought about it right a lot I really enjoy that. And I, I I love that like spark my curiosity and it like captivate me. And I felt captivated. That's, I love a good book like that. Yeah. It's so it's exciting good. when you anyway, come across. Yep. That was, that's definitely one that I'm like, have you read this to people? I Let's talk more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it so kind of makes me want to reread it. <laughs> Actually, I want to reread that and reread um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh yeah, just so good to go watch the movie. I kind of want to brush up on it again. It's it was such a good book. The both of those good. Mm -hmm. You've had a good run lately. It's been really good. Fantastic. So good. Anyway, so many good ones. We'd love to hear from you if you've read these. If you have some recommendations for us, we want to hear them. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail dot com. Please rate, subscribe, and share with your friends. We need it. Please, please, please. (laughs) Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is your book club. club.